Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Steph Wentworth and you're listening to the Autosport Podcast. And with that, Formula One pre-season testing for 2024 has come to an end. And we've got a bit of deja vu on day three, with again the morning session being disrupted due to a drain cover issue, which as we alluded to on yesterday's testing roundup, could be presenting a little bit of a problem from here on out in the season. However, we did see the majority of teams again on their long runs rather than their performance runs and hopefully not too disrupted. Now we've got a bit more of an idea of who's where in the order. Let's have a look at the timing sheet to kick things off. The top three times were all set on the C4 compound tyre with Charles Leclerc leading both George Russell and Zhou Guanyu. Max Verstappen and Yuki Tsunoda rounded out the top five. Fernando Alonso was down in 8th, just ahead of Carlos Sainz and Sergio Perez. Going slightly further down the order, we had Lewis Hamilton in 12th for Mercedes and Lando Norris 14th for McLaren. Logan Sargent was the only driver today not participating and Alex Alvin did all the running for Williams. My name is Steph Wentworth and joining me today we have John Noble all the way from Bahrain and also Sam Hall from the UK. Welcome to the both of you, John. I'm going to start with you. You've been trackside for the last three days in Bahrain. And obviously, it's only testing. We shouldn't read too much into this. But do you think there's any sense of pecking order starting to emerge? Or is it just simply too early to tell? I think getting a getting a pecking order being definitive that this is the top team running all the way down to the bottom team. I think we're not we're not there. It's, it is testing. There's fuel loads, fuel um, engine mapping settings. You know, are, are drivers pushing or not pushing? What time of day you do your runs? I think there's too many variables to be definitive. Uh, I think Fernando Alonso said today that uh, although a lot of journalists are going to go and come out here convinced they know the top 10, none of the teams do. So I think it's a lot of guessing order. But while we don't have a pecking order, I think we've got some trends. Uh, I think the trends are Red Bull's in front. I don't think anyone uh, outside of Red Bull would disagree with that. They just seem fast on low fuel, high fuel, um, very happy with the balance and setup, so they're pushing on. Then I think we've got a kind of a, a secondary pack, which is Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston Martin, potentially McLaren. Um, 
Not sure where McLaren fits in there. They've had a good first two days. Today wasn't fantastic. So McLaren could be behind them. They could be in the mix. So we're in that. Then I think there's another pack. We're kind of racing Bulls, Williams, Sauber. Uh, then maybe towards the back, it's Alpine and Haas, I think. I think neither a particular surprise. Haas has been clear. They were expecting to come potentially starting the season at the back. The test has gone better, actually. Um, they seem to be on top of, kind of understanding the tyre degradation issues. So maybe they can push up on race pace. Uh, but I think Alpine potentially is the, the team that's struggling. It's not not had dramas this test, but the cars doesn't look very quick. Uh, drivers don't seem especially comfortable. Um, and I think they're going to fulfil what they said at the launch, that it's going to be a difficult start to the season, but it's one they can build on, push on, develop, and then hopefully move forward. All right, sticking with Red Bull, uh, they have a very close partnership with the VCARB slash RB. I think we're calling it RB. Um, Zach Brown has been very critical of this close partnership. Uh, after we've seen testing and the, both of the cars looking very planted and, and a couple of similarities, do you think that he his concerns are something that we should be worried about? Uh, I don't think worried in the short term. I think there's, there's two issues at stake here. There's RB and Red Bull benefiting from their collaboration. I think in the regulations, everything they're doing is inside the regulations. I think even Zach Brown, when I, when I spoke to him here this week, he says they're not cheating. So this isn't about them doing stuff outside the rules and trying to gain. But I think there are certain advantages you get from it. You've got to produce less parts yourself, um, potentially access to kind of staff, infrastructure, um, marketing programs, advice, all that, that sort of thing. So I think that there are advantages to be had um, they wouldn't be doing it if they were, wasn't helping each other. This is the nature of Formula One. You don't kind of do things for charity. You do it to be better. So there's this issue. But I think the, the bigger issue that Zach especially is pushing on is are Formula One's rules fit for purpose? Is this kind of customer team alliances we're seeing with Ferrari Haas, Red Bull RB? Is this the direction we want to take? Or for 2026, do we go back to 10 independent teams all fighting themselves? And if you've got to do something to, to help support the the teams at the back, we don't do customer parts, we, we do standard parts in those areas. So I think these are the discussions and debate that's going on right now. I don't think it's a topic that's going to end this week. It's going to rumble on all season. I think it'll, it'll play quite a central part to the Concord discussions as we head through the season and they plan to get something signed maybe this year, maybe next. Well, we'll keep an eye on that as the season progresses. Sam, let's bring you in now. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about the Red Bull and their side pods, specifically the overbite. Uh, for our viewers who might not understand, could you kind of explain what we're seeing from uh, from the RB20 here? Yeah, um, an overbite, it's sort of a dentistry term. So it's if you imagine that your teeth, your top teeth, go over your bottom teeth, Whereas an underbite is the opposite. Your your jaws stick out more and your, your bottom teeth will lead the way. Um, that's where the phrasing comes from. So it's to do with this... Sort of, it's, it's the aerodynamic device they had in front of the side pod. Previously it was underneath, now it's over the top. A um, couple of benefits from this. With it over the top, it almost certainly improves the airflow across the rest of the bodywork down the gullies and through down to the coke bottle region of the car the, where the gearbox is housed so it does all of that and it also frees up how they can get the air into the radiators um into the cooling so it basically gives them more freedom to do what they want with the car and it's an idea that alpine sort of started and then mercedes 
came through with it a bit further with the zero pod concept. So we discussed this on on Wednesday. It seems a long time ago now, but when that that was seen actually on testing, actually on the car. Everyone went, well, that's still the Mercedes idea. Are you just trolling Mercedes here? Yeah, well, time will tell. I think we're all excited to see if Adrian Newey has kind of nailed that concept. We haven't really talked too much about Aston Martin, so let's come on to them. John, what have we seen from them? Because it seems like they've been quietly getting on with the job and just flying a little bit under the radar throughout this this three-day this three day test. Uh, what can you kind of say about, about their performance so far? Yeah, we spoke to Mike Crack and Dan Fellows tonight. I think I'm pretty sure they talked about actually being under the radar this week. They've not done anything super spectacular. I remember 12 months ago we, we came here and Fernando Alonso did an amazing long run that you know was a match, I think even better than the Red Bull in, in the test um, 12 months ago. They obviously came here and scored a, the podium and that started that fantastic start to the season. They had that dip last year. They've come out, they, they say the car's better. Um, they've made improvements. Um, but I think the critical thing is that you know, Ferrari and Mercedes have come into that pack and this is a relative game. So it doesn't necessarily mean how much your performance isn't just related to the improvement you've made. It's about what the others have done. So I think, you know, I think they're in that pack with Mercedes and Ferrari in that kind of chase behind Red Bull. Where they stack up, we don't know yet. I think, I think things are A, too close to call. We saw that grid compress up massively last year. And how your car is on one lap isn't necessarily how it is over a long run. So I think there's a, still a lot of uncertainty um, coming out of this test. But, you know, that's that's a good thing. I think it'd be quite boring for us all if we got here tonight and said, right, this is the top 10 order. There we go. That's the result of the World Championship. Yeah, there is still a lot to be speculated on. Uh, another speculation we had was with Alpine. Ant Davidson kind of mentioned it on the broadcast that he believes they might fall into kind of the latter half of the constructors this year. Uh, Sam, do you kind of think that Alpine might be in a little bit of trouble? Um, they're the hardest team to read for me out of anyone, if I'm honest. Um, because I said on Wednesday that I felt they had been understated and they'd flown under the radar with what they were doing. They were solid with their long runs. Um, and everything seemed positive in the garage. Everything we're hearing is Alpine are happy with what's gone on from the drivers and the team. So they might have finished with Gasly 15th and Ocon 17th today, but I wouldn't write them off. I don't think they're going to be doing what McLaren are doing, but I I wouldn't put them as John speculated earlier that I wouldn't put them down with Haas. I would say they're probably going to be solid midfield. Um they they are Alpine do seem to be that team. I'll list all of the teams and then Alpine will be the one that my mind misses off. Um so I I hope they don't have a forgettable season, but they could be sort of that also ran team that you just go oh they were there as well I'm gonna, I will disagree with you there Sam because Ooh, here we go I think they are I think they are I think they are in a bit of trouble I mean looking at the car on track it's not looked very quick so, so I think they've had this winter where operationally they've made some big steps um, you know little little things like Esteban Arcon talked about a seat fitting it took 20 minutes this year it took half a day before so they've tidied all that up they've done a lot of pit stops and how things work at the tracks so I, I think that's gone well but I think the car all new concepts, big push on that this year. I understand it's overweight as well. So I think they're coming from behind, but this is what they said at the launch. Esteban Ocon, Pierre Gasly, Bruno Famine all admitted that we're going to start the season on the back foot. So I think, I think they're going to be much nearer the back than some people expect, but I think they've, which they've been open about, and there's a question of development and trying to push forward up to the midfield. But I don't, don't put them in that 
that kind of mid-pack with RB, uh, Williams, etc. Wow, interesting. We've got some conflicting opinions arising. Um, I guess we'll see how it shakes out throughout the rest of the season. Uh, we've talked a lot about the tech from kind of the front of the grid. Uh, John, I'm interested to know whether you've spotted anything interesting or unique from any of the cars kind of towards the back or any of the other cars up and down the field. Obviously, a large point of focus has been, you know, RB and its brand new side pods. Uh, the RB20, should I say, and its new side pods. Um is there anything else that you've noticed that you think we should be keeping an eye on? Yeah, I think I think the focus normally is, has been on side pods, especially the way the, the Red Bull's taken a, a Mercedes-style approach to those you know, long engine gullies and the, the vertical inlets on the side pods. But I think actually potentially critical area of development as we go forward this season is uh, front wing, basically. I think teams have understood that when these regulations started, the FI wanted a wing that wasn't pushing the airflow outside of the, the front tyres because then... Um, teams want to get that airflow out of the way because it's better to feed the floor. Uh, so it's been an era of big development. We've seen Mercedes make a step this season with that little legality strip of carbon fibre to um, trim out that, that top flap on their wing. So I think this is an area where they're, where they're pushing hard. Proly have talked about there being a notable, notable change this year in terms of the forces coming onto the front tyres rather than the rear, which suggests there's more downfalls now coming from the, the front of the car. So I think teams, teams are focusing on this area. If you can tidy up the airflow at the front of the car, if you can do clever things with your front wing, if you can get that, that outwash coming, it's great for performance. It's not so good for the racing because when the front wing becomes so critical, when you're following another car, you lose more downforce and the, the performance isn't there. But I think that's going to be an area that the teams are pushing on and the FI is going to go, we don't like it, but there's not much we can do about it. Absolutely. And Sam, let's come to you. Which teams are looking strong on the long and the short runs? Because as we alluded to earlier when going through timings, uh, not all the teams have been completing the performance runs, but who is looking strongest at the minute? I think it's impossible at the moment to look really beyond Red Bull and Ferrari as well. Ferrari um, obviously stole the headlines with their their short run pace. but Red Bull have proven they've got that in abundance. We've not really seen the full hand from any of these teams, and that was shown by the times being, I think it was about a second off of what they were on Thursday today. So it's quite difficult to say. Um, I think the teams that have got more work to do, I think that's that's easier to say, and I think that that is, if you ignore Haas, who obviously they've come in, and Ayo Komatsu, new team principal, has said, We've got a lot of work to do. Um, I think Sauber are the ones that have got the most work to do. Um, they, they've not impressed me at all from what I've seen. John may have a different opinion. I've just seen the faces pulled there. Um, he may have a different opinion from actually being there and being around these people. But just from a distance, Sauber are the ones that look in the weakest position, I would say. Yeah, we spoke to, spoke to James Key their technical director earlier. Well, he seemed quite upbeat and happy, actually. So it's been a, a test trying to understand uh, the car. They've obviously got new front suspension configuration this year. Uh, seems they've gone through it. The car seems better, seems more solid. They've not gone for performance runs. So um, I don't think they've got unrealistic expectations of fighting near the front, the midfields, but I think it's solid. I think, as I'll keep repeating, I think Alpine are towards the back. Haas you know, thought they were going to be at the back, but the test hasn't been too bad. AAL Komatsu was quite upbeat today about them understanding the, the tyre deck problems. Um, and he's more interested in, he says, we don't want to be qualifying seventh and finishing 18th. He'd rather qualify 
14th and be finishing in the points. So different approach. So I think Alpha in that, as I say, not Alpha, I keep, I'm going to take me races and races to stop calling these teams the yeah. wrong name. Salba. Um, Salba. Salba is, uh, I think it's in that second second pack of the, the midfield behind the, the McLaren, Aston Martin, uh, Ferrari, um, potentially McLaren group, but I don't see them right towards the back of them. All right, then. We have just over a week until it's lights out in Bahrain. Who do you think has the most work to do kind of in this seven-day period? Yeah, everyone, everyone other than Red Bull, I think. I think Red Bull, uh, Red Bull came here. I, I don't think they felt that doing something so bold with the car was a gamble. I spoke to Pierre Vache, their technical director, this morning. He said it wasn't a gamble, but it was a risk. So being so bold with a car that was so dominant, you know, it's not never guarantee you make success but I think they've got it to work um, he was playing things down a little bit but I mean think pace wise we've not seen any exceptional weakness from that car especially when Max Verstappen has been in it so I think the opposition what they think what they need to know is need to know the answer how far ahead of Red Bull and then that will map out kind of the, the work development work they've got to do to close that gap and try and stop Red Bull doing what they couldn't do last year which was winning every race yeah, um, I again, so I, I can't disagree with that, everyone but Red Bull. I think Ferrari might have shown us a bit more of the hand than Red Bull have, um, which isn't entirely unusual. I hope for Mercedes' sake that they haven't shown as much of the hand as they could have done because their lap times weren't as eye-catching as what well, Lewis and George would have wanted. So, yeah, it's it, the question that we'll only get answers to on Friday, not Saturday, on Friday in qualifying is just how far ahead are Red Bull? Um, and that's the question we all want answers to. Absolutely. Well, with that, F1's pre-season testing has come to an end and it is not long before it is lights out and away we go in Bahrain. The question on everyone's lips is, can anybody challenge Max Verstappen and Red Bull, the reigning champions? And we don't have long to find out. Thank you for listening to the Autosport Podcast and we'll catch you on the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.